welcome to the Unruly Podcast. My name is Kaylin Otto, and I'm your host. Together, we'll traverse all things travel. But I always talk about travel magic because it happens if you leave some space for it. Activism. So we can see that these ideas of oppressing animals develop very closely with our ideas of oppressing people and women. Alternative living. Who we are is nature. Who we are is creativity. Who we are is power. And more. The system hates a rebel. I just like to encourage everybody to keep being their beautiful, unique, individual selves. All right, let's get unruly. (sighs) That is me welcoming you to the podcast with a big, deep breath, because I feel like so many of us need that right now for so many different reasons. So before we get into this episode, let's do that together. Big inhale in through the nose. Big exhale out through the mouth. One more big inhale through the nose. And then maybe some horse lips. I never thought I would do that, record it, and publish it, Uh, and it looked, yes, as funny as it sounded, but it felt great, and if you feel like you need a little bit more of that, of grounding, taking a pause, and reflecting, and you are a remote worker, a traveler, or digital nomad, I want you to mark your calendar for December 20th at 1 p.m. EST, because I'm joining up with Rome Rhino to host a free webinar called Slowing Down with the Seasons, Balancing Work, Rest, and Travel as a Digital Nomad, and I will put the link to that so you can sign up in the show notes, or if you know someone who you think could really benefit from that, it's free, please send it on over to them, and we're really just going to talk about how as the seasons change, so do our routines and our energy levels, and that's completely normal. So we're going to try to find some balance amid the colder seasons, changing seasons, and in a hectic world. And today you're going to hear me talk about Women's Travel Fest, and if you decide that you want to go, please use the code UNRULY for $25 off of your tickets. I'll also write that below in case you're at the end of the episode and you're like, I'm coming, and you forget, check the show notes. And then lastly, I wanted to let y'all know that I'll be taking a break from putting out a new episode in January and possibly February. We'll see how that goes. But if you're new here or you haven't listened to some of the past episodes and you want some more of me, I highly encourage you to go back to episode number 68, especially if you're still feeling scattered like, what am I doing for Christmas presents and Christmas gifts and how can I be more sustainable around the holidays where there's so much pressure to buy, buy, buy. That is an episode for you. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the Unruly Podcast. We have a lot to get into today. I know we're going to talk about your travel history and get to know you and also talk about Women's Travel Fest a little bit. But to begin, can you just give us a brief introduction to you, what you want listeners to know, what is important and special and wonderful about you? (laughs) Hey, Kaylin. Well, thank you so much, first and foremost, for having me here. I'm so excited. I love chatting with you, and you're one of the most fascinating people that I met through Women's Travel Fest. (laughs) I love a conversation with you. 
So um, thank you. So my name is Alex, and I am the creator of Travel Fashion Girl, where we teach women how to pack stylishly light for any destination in the world. Um, I launched it in August 2012 after I'd been backpacking around the world for five years, and I was just tired of, like, overpacking and carrying a big, heavy backpack. And I was trying to – I was a perpetual traveler, so I was trying to figure out, well, how do I pack – for any destination at any point where I don't really have a plan on where I'm going and do it all in a small suitcase and have all the right things and look like myself all at the same time. Mm. So I interviewed um, other travelers while like at hostels or like wherever like travelers were hanging out and got their feedback and it seemed that everybody had a lot of common, they, they there was a common theme where they, um, underpacked, overpacked, but nobody was really happy. So I'm like, I've got to get this message out there. And I took their feedback and put it on this website and it was really well received. I mean, it blew up pretty much. And I've been doing it now for over a decade. I launched a product line called Compass Rose Travel Accessories. Um, in between, I also <laughs> now you know, I'm the new person for Women's Travel Fest, which is super exciting, and I can't wait to chat about that. You know, I never really stopped to think about it that much, but it's true. I'm always, I feel like, overpacking. I'm carrying so much weight that, like, my shoulders hurt, but for some people, it looks like it's underpacking because I'm just doing a carry-on, but I never feel quite satisfied, and so we're going to put the link to your blog in the show notes so that people can dive into that because I feel like that could is something that you've been thinking about for so long could be a whole nother podcast episode to dive into how to do that I feel like you have it down to a science and after like 10 years I still am just I don't know what I'm doing I, I do and I don't. Like, I know how to do it. And I think there's a lot of really good basic principles, which have to do with minimalism, actually. Yeah. Um, and capsule wardrobes, which is really important, that, like, allowed me to be able to do that. I learned a lot. It actually really was a big part of how I learned. And traveling was a big part of how I learned that you really don't need that much stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That you can have everything you need with less. And I really love that. So that was, you know, travel was impactful and packing was impactful to me um, from that level as well. So, yeah, but don't feel bad. I can travel with a carry-on and still overpack in a carry-on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's also, like, how do you do that? So it's always, like, a, a forever process, but I don't like to, you know, pretend that I am, like, perfect at what I do. But I do pack light. <laughs> yeah, which is great because I love the idea, like, what you just said, that you don't need as much as you think that you do. And actually your episode is great timing because two episodes ago for the first time on the podcast, I really talked about, um, like fashion and design and beauty. And then the last episode was all about having less and buying less and the things that you do have being really good quality and just having like one or two of them. So I feel like this is great timing to add to that conversation. Uh, but before we get into that, I have a surprise question for you. Like I do. <laughs> I wish everyone could have seen your face. You're like, oh God. I know, right? I'm like just here like, oh my God. I'm muted and I'm like, ah. <laughs> This one, you know, this could go very serious or it could just be like a really fun one. But if there was just one photograph 
that you could save. I don't want to say like a disaster is happening and you can only have one photograph, but for some reason there's only one photograph that you could save from your travels. Which one would it be and why? I have it right here and I'll show it to you. Hold on. Oh, yay. This picture actually, um, I was in LA this weekend last week for family emergency and happened to go through a bunch of old things and found a bunch of things that I thought I'd sold years ago, which I was actually really excited about. Yeah. But in that were bought like, what do you keep when you let go of your life? Right. So mm-hmm. the things that you keep are pictures and mm-hmm. stuff like that and books. So out of one of those, I found this frame with my grandmother in Paris Aww. and my grandmother's now passed away, but she was like a mom, like my mother. So that this would be that picture because it reminds me of this adventure I went on with my grandma, who is such an important person. And those are like, those are memories that I'll never, that I'll always hold dear to me. Mm -hmm. And I'll never have a chance to relive that with her. But it was, um, it's a really special trip and actually randomly also connected to my blog with my (laughs) website because I brutally overpacked with my grandma. So it was just like a lot of what I write about is based on, or like what a lot of the things that, sort of influenced me was for my grandma and my experience on that 10 day whirlwind, you know, like really typical, you know, like what people usually do when they go to Europe on that trip. And we overpacked like crazy and then we wore like nothing. And then also we got lost in Belgium and at the train station and we're like left behind. And it was from that experience that I built one of my other products, which is like an anti-theft product because Mm. of that like moment getting lost. So I think that experience with my grandma from a just personal like level of it being my, the photograph. And and I really like my outfit there because I used to work in the fashion industry (laughs) and my dress is really cool. I that like was... my outfit. My grandma looked really cool. I don't know. I, I love it from a fashion perspective, but also it was a, it was a good trip that now still kind of lives with me almost every day since I'm writing about the same topics that I learned about on that trip. Wow, what a perfect question for you. I sometimes repeat like surprise questions, and I've never asked anyone that. And I was journaling yesterday, and it just popped up for you, and I feel like it was it was meant to be. So, thank you for sharing that with us. And that takes me basically into the next question that I had for you because I know about your blog now and what you do now but I don't know much about your roots and I know like roots mean something different to everyone but I just want to know like where did you grow up what was your childhood like and did it have an impact on you traveling the world later or was that introduced to you when you were young or how did that go? Um, well, I am first generation in the U.S., so I was born here, but my mom and dad immigrated from, uh, my mom's from El Salvador, my dad's from Mexico, and they met in Los Angeles, and that's where I was born, mm-hmm. and, you know, we didn't really travel growing up, really kind of humble beginnings, but one of the things that I really learned from that is my mom's really hard work ethic, and um, she literally went from not, like, coming here without anything in the late 70s. 70s, early 80s, particularly because um, El Salvador's history. Now El Salvador is like really cool and up and coming and it's an awesome country <laughs> if you haven't been there, but it has a really dark history of war during that time and a lot of people fled um, from the country. So, you know, having someone that kind of came here, started with nothing and then who eventually worked her way up 
to having that American dream of the house and the picket fence and the yard and the dog and, yeah. you know, in a small family, I'm the only child, but you know, the fact that she was able to do all those things for me, that's the ultimate example of empowerment and someone that I like learned can do anything, whether that's travel, whether that's business and sort of really is growing up is where I saw that limitless mindset that mm. I kind of feel that I've learned that I have where it's kind of like, I'm going to do that and maybe it won't work out, but I kind of was just like, yeah. And I'll throw a feather in the wind and start the process and see where it leads, see where it lands. And that's, so that's kind of a big part of it. And actually with, with her, the only like real vacation she had was when I was like 21 and similar around the time that I went with my grandma to Europe. I think in my early twenties, I was having before I quit my job to travel, I was I had like a good job. What I felt was a good job in the fashion industry, and I sort of wanted to share that kind of share those that kind of like give back to my family, for example, like mm-hmm. have these experiences with them. And with her, we went to to Hawaii on that one vacation, and that actually started off like it trickled had the trickle down effect where with you know the last year of Hawaii, I made a promise to myself happened to randomly run into the vice president of the company that I was working for at the time, (laughs) this corporation who then ended up hiring me because she felt like running into me was meant to be. And it really was. And from that, you know, because just before that, I'd made a promise to myself that I ever left my awesome job because I love my job. If I ever left my job that I'd go um, take three months off to travel the world, which I ended up doing after that one moment in Hawaii so it's crazy how you know growing up it impacts you in different ways and even though travel wasn't there the example that I had um, was sort of what empowered me to be able to do so yeah because I was gonna ask you like what messages you received as a young person about women traveling because I know for some people you know especially if their mother's came from another country and had a really hard time getting here they're like nope you know what I mean travel is dangerous do not do it on your own so you got this really empowering message did that extend to travel or was that something that you weren't quite talking and thinking about yet when you were I don't know in your teens and then early 20s Oh, yeah. My current. No, no, no. I was not traveling anywhere. I was like, I'm never living in Los Angeles. I love LA. I had a really good time in LA. I love growing up there. I'd love to go back one day um, just to be able to share that experience with my daughter as well. But I thought I'd never leave, and career was like number one. Like, mm-hmm. I had like started my own businesses since I was like six, 12, <laughs> 13. Like, literally, I was like hustling on the playground, selling things. Yeah. And it was just something so important to me. Like, I had my business plan when I was 13. I wanted to work in the fashion industry, I wanted to have my own retail store. I started a website in 2004, mm-hmm. actually, which I also probably have my little marketing material somewhere that I brought back from LA this week. Um, so it was always top of mind, right? Like to mm-hmm. to sort of grow in this way. So travel was not a part of it. Um, I started when I started kind of traveling on long weekend breaks when I was when I started my working at that corporation, which I started working there, I think when I was 19, it was there from like 19 to 25 or 20 to 26 around there. Um, 
So that's kind of where I started taking advantage of those long weekends and becoming what I felt was well-traveled and falling in love with traveling, but it was all very local. Yeah. So sort of that like interest in traveling began not from growing up, but again, just sort of the drive to do so came from there. <laughs> yeah. So what eventually inspired you to take your first solo trip or what you would consider your first bigger trip by yourself out of the country head first? That's actually what I forgot I was going to say. So, you know, you're like how people are like, oh, no, it's scary out there. It's, you know, you know, you know, you can't go traveling alone. Well, I didn't intend to travel by myself, mm-hmm. but like sometimes I did, st- I just like look back at what I did and I'm like, oh my God, would I ever do that again? So <laughs> when I, I ended up quitting my job and said, I'm going to take three months off to travel. And the first destination I was going to go to was El Salvador to see my grandma mm-hmm. um, because she'd retired and moved back to El Salvador after being in the U.S. for whatever, 40 years. So she went and retired over there. So I'm like, I'm going to go see her. I literally booked a flight and three days later, I, it was like super cheap. It was like 300 bucks round trip. And I'm like, yes, booked it. And I was going to go. And my mom was like, no, it's El Salvador's really dangerous mm-hmm. because that's her memory for, as right as a child yeah. who fled the country from war. So she didn't want me to go. And I, of course, I didn't listen. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just going to go anyway. And literally took off, didn't tell my grandma, had nowhere, I was no idea where I was going. I was going to a so-called dangerous country. I asked one of my friends whose dad had a business, they're like, hey, do you know anybody that can pick me up from the airport and take me to this town, a town where I didn't know where I was going. I didn't have an address for my grandma. I'm not even sure if there was addresses because it was that small of a town. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and just jumped on a plane, got in the car with some random person that my friend's dad sent to pick me up mm-hmm. and then st- rolled up in this town like hey started asking people like do you know this lady do you know where she lives like who does that and going to the most dangerous (laughs) country supposedly in the world and I think at that point maybe it was on that list yeah so yeah and eventually like it was a small village so it found out where my grandma was and showed up on her doorstep like oh my god hey oh my gosh so initially, that was a really scary experience that mm-hmm. um, for my mom, right? But then once I was there, it was, it was, it was so different. There was tuk tucks. There was no like my grandma didn't have hot water. It was my mm-hmm. first bucket shower. You know, it was things that I hadn't experienced before, but I did it. And I think after that, my like my, my parents, my family never really kind of said no to me Mm -hmm. I think it was always like you know very supportive I'm very fortunate I'm gonna say I'm you know not everybody has that so I'm very grateful for that opportunity where they were always very encouraging and supportive but that initial experience because of where I was going she said no you are not going there she didn't want to go back she was also her memories so Right, which makes a lot of sense. And the thing that I love the most is that you didn't even, like, have an address or tell your grandmother that you were coming. You're just like, bye, hello, I'm here. Do you know this lady? And it all worked out. That's what I love most about the story is that you did have this, like, really cool experience. Did you feel empowered after that? You were like, oh, I could, I can do this because I did do it. No, you know, I kind of like, that's why I like look back and some of the things I did, I'm like, would I do that again? Like, I don't think I would do half the stuff that I did. I just don't think, again, it wasn't kind of like, 
it wasn't like I'm a smart person. I think I'm a very logical and a very smart individual. It's not that I made decisions without really like, I think I make decisions and then people might be like, you should think things through. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like I kind of have a rough idea. I've already kind of like mapped it out in my head just very briefly to make it. And then like a, you know, an an hypothesis based on information. So I wasn't really, it was kind of just like, it was what it was. And that's just how it, like that's just like it's like almost became very normal very fast Mm -hmm. and I I had that comfort it wasn't it was like kind of fearless I guess Mm -hmm. I you know um but at the same time really eager to discover the unknown because I wanted to do I wanted to do this because my career was really important I wanted like these three months were the three months like I had a plan I was going to be the VP the president of a corporation I like wanted to work in a big company in the fashion industry I wanted to own my retail conglomerate like all these things yeah so very impressed and I was like okay I'm 25 I don't have kids I'm not in a serious relationship I have like no mortgage this is my time, if not mm-hmm. now, when? So it was like this pressure to do it. And I've always kind of been very, I like operate a lot on my gut. And it was just like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And so I just made it happen. And because solo travel and backpacking and all that stuff wasn't as common, you know, before, like, you know, social media yeah. kind of really made it normalized, didn't make it like, hey, this is what's happening out there. Mm-hmm. I, um, how I'd gone with, I ended up looking for tours Hmm. because that's what I did with my grandma in Europe. And I'm like, Hey, there was a couple of people traveling alone there on the tour, which is kind of weird at the time. But I was just like, I can do that too. I'm just going to do that. So I did. And that really kind of, uh, it made it very comfortable Mm -hmm. and I wasn't as scared. I didn't feel like I wasn't scared, but I, it was sort of the, um, it was reassuring. It was just kind of, you know, just having that peace of mind that, I could just go and I was going to be with other people and I've already gone on the tour. So I know it'd be okay. Mm-hmm. It just kind of spiraled off that way. And it's kind of just always been the same. And I, I actually, I, I lied about not sure if I would do the same thing. I very like commonly would just show up in a country right now and still not know anything. I think someone, I, wanted, yeah. I really wanted to go to Tokyo and um, a fellow content creator is doing a lot of, you know, um, she was in Tokyo or in Japan, just traveling a lot. And I told her, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I saw your, your, um, your videos. I'm finally going to go to Japan. I can't wait. And she's like, where are you going to go first? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to fly to Tokyo. And she's like, and I'm like, you're a full-time traveler. Why is that weird? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I think there's this thing like, I don't know, maybe if it has to do with age that people started traveling in the moment in time, But, you know, when I started traveling, I wasn't using Airbnb and booking.com and VRBO wasn't even a thing. And I was hardly on my phone. I took, like, a picture, like, once a week on my little tiny iPhone. I don't even know what it was. Five? I found it the other day, and it's, like, half the size of my phone now. And I was like, whoa. And so it was really normal to just show up somewhere, and then you're like, hailing a taxi in person you didn't call an uber ahead of time and just meeting people and and going with it so i think some people who are maybe just started traveling and just started being kind of content creators they miss that era of travel where you didn't have a phone or you had a little flip phone and you couldn't plan everything out ahead of time you know i'd have to like go to a library and get on the computer to use couch surfing to message my host and 
I, I don't know. I feel really happy that I got to experience that. I feel really lucky because I feel like it put some real, like, grit and adventure into that travel. And then when it went well, it made it like, it was like a bonus, you know, because you couldn't plan it out ahead of time. So, oh my God, I completely resonate with you with what you're saying. And I feel so, so lucky to have experienced that as well. I still yearn for that type of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I thrive in it. It's so exciting. I mean, I had, I, I didn't get an iPhone or some kind of a proper phone until like 2013 after I'd started my website because I needed I need an Instagram now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But otherwise, it was just like, I remember like when I first started traveling that first year after I ended up, well, I took my three-month break and then I ended up not going back to work. I just kept on traveling at that point. For I like love five it. years, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I got obsessed. But um, I, I was in Rio de Janeiro and once I figured out that I, it was like once I'd been traveling, I started going on different tours. But after like seven, eight months, I started getting the hang of it. I started like learning about hostels and solo travelers and people were doing this and it was fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I landed in Rio de Janeiro, um, saw some people with backpacks and I'm like, Hey, where are you guys going? You want to share a taxi? Just like what you said, you yep. know what I mean? Like, jump in a, the a taxi with a couple strangers, drop them off in their hostels, get to my hostel. Cool. And then the next day I wanted to go check out the city and I got lost. Mm-hmm. I literally did not remember the name of the, like I remember I don't remember the name of the hostel, but or I didn't take the address mm-hmm. or whatever it was. I'm like, oh my god, you're so stupid. But I had like a regular old phone, I guess, or somehow I called my friends in LA and I'm like, hey, can you like map quest me back to my hostel? I love it. Like, who does that? So I guess I did remember the name. I don't know what it was now, but I'm like that's how I got back, you know, just because I was just like, and I think because people also, I didn't know the local language and I didn't, mm-hmm. I just thought it was just like, that was my, my resource. I, I love, that's such a timestamp <laughs> that you, they used MapQuest. MapQuest, exactly. To get you, you know, I had a similar experience uh, when I was in Chile, which was like my first big international trip. And I was an exchange student and I, my Spanish was super bad at the time like hardly there at all and I was staying with my um brother my host brother my brother's partner in the city and I didn't have a phone hardly spoke the language and I'm like I'm gonna go out on a run I didn't turn around to check where I came from what the building looked like I didn't take the address with me and so 30 minutes later I'm starting to run back and nothing looks familiar And I, like, literally, I was trying to speak to strangers in broken Spanish, but I didn't know, like, to say this is where I'm trying to go because I didn't know where I was trying to go. So I was just, like, crying in the middle of the street, and eventually, like, people came up to me, and they're like, oh, we speak some English. Like, let's try to figure this out. And they helped me get on the metro, and, like, I was, like, over an hour away from where I was supposed to be like running. So on there, it was like, I would stop and like get out and be like, does this look familiar? Nope. Get back on. And I don't know how, but eventually I found my way back. But I also was like, what was I thinking? Like to not take an address, to not even turn around and look, it's just, but I love, I love that though. Now in retrospect, because we were both okay. And it's such a timestamp that like, you're just out there doing it and you didn't have this technology to rely on and yeah I think it's it's beautiful and I think it builds a lot of character (laughs) later on 
Oh, the character, that is, that's, that's one of the most important things about traveling for me. That's, you know, getting a chance to experience those things. And I can imagine some people probably listening to this podcast and being like, oh my God, who does that? That's so stupid. That's so irresponsible. But the moral of the story in that is a couple of things. One, it's in, you know, not everybody is born as an expert traveler, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, so we all started somewhere and that's okay. So there's learning, you know, growing pains. And I didn't, you know, we, we made it work. And it also shows you that it kind of is a test. What, you know, what can, it really helps, uh, it shows you personal growth, mm-hmm. right? Personal development. What could you do? You figured it out. You trusted people. You, you know, you problem solved. Right. And then it also shows you the humanity. Uh, you know, like people aren't bad. It's not as scary for the majority, for the most part, obviously. There's, you know, there's, there's just, not everybody's perfect, but there have been so many instances like that where people just genuinely want to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have experienced that so much. And every single time it's like, wow, these people were leaving me down a dark alley, not because they were going to rob me, but because they were going to take me to their father's guest house. Yeah. And they were really trying to help me because I <laughs> arrived somewhere and I had nowhere to go. Yeah. You know, so like, <laughs> I'm like probably way too many times that I've done that. But Same. it just it goes to show, but I will admit, I actually, it, I didn't just get lost in, you know, like in MapQuest era. I actually got lost in London like six years ago <laughs> so as a very experienced traveler, <laughs> you know, like I actually, so it, it happens. Everybody, you know, yeah. we figure it out. It happens to the best of us. And I think that's also, that's what I love about you when I hear you talk too is like you just like normalize these things because you have this brand and you you know you've really built it up and it's very successful and um you know you've traveled so much but you're still like yeah I got lost like not that long ago and it's fine and we all do it and I think that's hard sometimes these days because when we get on social media people look like travel experts it looks like everything's perfect uh it looks like they have it all figured out they just built their business overnight and they're thriving and it's just, ugh, you know, and it's like the thing that I care most about in travel is like the experiences that we're talking about, you know, meeting the people and problem solving and building that character and figuring out what you can do with very little with complete strangers too. Um, so thank you for bringing that into the conversation and just, yeah, keeping it real. <laughs> thank you. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, traveling, starting traveling, like you said, you know, pre-iPhone or when iPhone was new or when MapQuest was around or when you just bought an old school Lonely Planet and hit, you know, just headed out. That's how you did it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that was. And it was a different, different style of traveling. And I really miss it. And I really, it makes me really sad to think that that's, that more people aren't experiencing a disconnected form of travel. And I mm-hmm. think that's really kind of it. It's just being disconnected. Yeah. It's not that you don't, you know, maybe, you know, you, we all have, we have so much access now, but sometimes it is interesting um to just ask the uber driver hey where do you recommend that i go eat and it's not TripAdvisor or yelp or whatever app you're using you know it's on instagram it's just asking the uber driver who then's like oh yeah you should go to this place and i was at the nomadness fest um a couple months ago and i caught we i took an uber with a couple of people from the conference and they were chatting with uber 
hey, where do you go? And I'm and the New was in Louisville, where I'm where I'm now where I'm currently based. And they found out from the Uber driver that Louisville actually has one of the largest Cuban populations in the whole country. Mm-hmm. Like I live here. How did I not know that? Yeah. So he was able to recommend some very you know some. Um, some properly like some good Cuban restaurants for yeah. us to go to maybe ones that people don't always go to so you can still have those experiences and I hope that people like that's really I'm like it's I, I sort of feel like that's I'm very passionate about that and I would love 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 to be able to try to go and have a disconnected trip again you know and how do I and be able to kind of experience that because traveling is so much more than like oh I'm the Eiffel Tower Paris is wonderful. It's beautiful. But what about those experiences, those moments that you have when you're not at those sites or when you're not taking a picture or where you're just kind of existing mm-hmm. and the just existing, just kind of roaming the world and just just being there without and it's like yeah. and just experiencing yeah. it for what it is and how it impacts you on a personal level that I really like hope that people would get to experience and they would allow themselves to experience and that's something that I really want to create with Women's Travel Fest or if mm. I was going to have retreats or tours in the future that's like that's one of the biggest things that I want to bring you know maybe even invite people to like turn off their phones during the conference like Ooh, yeah you know maybe like <laughs> you know sort of disconnect and then feel the vibe because Playa Carmen's yeah. super touristy but there's something really magical there that only people that live there know so getting a chance to get people like okay let's disconnect let's take this in for a moment and it doesn't have to be like woo woo or whatever it is however you're going to interpret it it's just about the quiet the those moments that you're by yourself and that could happen anywhere but we don't get those quiet moments alone and we don't we don't that that's abnormal or we're like uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. but the biggest moments of growth with travel are the moments where you're uncomfortable you know those are the biggest memories even if it's not personal growth it's just like those are the adventures you know like randomly jumping in a very uncomfortable chicken bus in Guatemala yeah. driving three hours through you know really scary side of a mountain you know it's like all those moments where you're just like ah those are the ones that you remember you know more than well I don't know maybe I don't know everybody's travel different travel preferences are different now but those are the ones at least that I remember no those are the ones that I totally remember too and as soon as you said that there's like 10 different memories of being in a bus on the side of a mountain like kids vomiting beside me um everyone's playing music like everyone has a different song and it's just like oh my goodness I I am in it you know um and I yeah I I love that too and I wonder if you have any other tips you already shared actually a couple good ones about how to disconnect and have that connected moment when you are traveling because it's hard these days and so you talked about asking like an Uber driver or whoever you are with or with a local. And I would say also, you know, when I'm traveling now, there's some days where I'm like, I'm not taking any pictures today. No matter how beautiful it is, no matter how spectacular, no matter if I want to take a video to put on Instagram because it would be perfect, like this is my day not to do it. And another thing that I do is when I go to a new country and I don't have cell service there, which is like everywhere besides the U.S. and Mexico, I don't get a phone plan. Because I don't want to be able to just get on my maps and find something and get on Google reviews or whatever 
and just, you know, find the closest thing that had the best reviews. Um, sure, I still do some planning ahead of time. And then obviously if you're vegan and you need to find like specific options or whatever, there's some planning that you have to do sometimes. But yeah, I really like not having a phone plan and sometimes I will go and find Wi-Fi. But then again, I'm on this adventure of like, where can we find Wi-Fi and who do we run into while we're doing that? And what business do we pop into that we wouldn't have looked at before? Um, so to me, it's like, trying to put down the phone, trying to disconnect, like you said, asking people that you're meeting, that you're experiencing in real life. And I wonder if you have anything else to add from that for tips for listeners. That's probably pretty much why I have like my Instagram feed is like empty. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's, you know, I have a really successful website, you know, in written form from, you know, blogging standpoint, but mm -hmm. I'm not a visual content creator because I, it's aside from like just taking horrible pictures, I think, but <laughs> it just also, I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to just go and stand at the top of the Teotihuacan pyramid near Mexico city and just stay there and take pictures and pictures the whole time and then walk out and that's done, mm -hmm. you know? And I understand, um, there, I think there has to be a balance, right? Like, you know, it's not realistic to not take pictures unless you really are okay with that. In which case I don't take pictures, which from a business standpoint, isn't really good for me because people want to see me while I'm traveling. They yeah. want to see pictures and I'm not doing that because I want to just be there in my travels. Mm -hmm. I want to feel that, you know, I want to feel I want to feel the traveling and mm -hmm. I feel it inside when it's just not attached to a phone mm -hmm. and not attached to pictures. So, um, there's balance with, like with everything. I think the most important thing for me is just like figure out where I'm staying when I arrive. And then once I'm there, I can figure out like what to do, <laughs> you know? Like, and you can figure that out on the fly, which I think actually I just took what you said and made it into another tip is like, just get there. Don't plan everything out and see what comes up. Ask strangers during the day. Let strangers take you through a complete day in a new place. And it's oftentimes going to be amazing and more amazing than what we could have planned because we don't live there. Okay. And like way more important tip. Let's say you want to take pictures all of the time. It doesn't matter. Like let's pretend you don't want to disconnect. So another <laughs> tip though, but it's, it can work for anybody, but yeah. my favorite tip is just to wander. Like I love getting to a city and then ideally taking like one of those, like a, like a, a walking tour of the city. So then that's one of my favorite things to do when I first arrive, get all the pictures, find out where everything is, get settled in. So I know how to get anywhere. And because it's fast, I can decide, Hey, I want to go spend some more time there later tomorrow and go back to revisit these destinations. But then, or, you know, at the end of the tour, the walking tour, whatever it is, walk, back to my hotel instead of taking an Uber or a train mm -hmm. or just wander and feel like what it would feel like living there. Like in Paris, like I've always wanted to just spend like a, like a month in Paris, just like living the life of a Parisian for a whole month, you know, <laughs> <I love it. laughs> like, this, like in this head, I've got like my magical, like, you know, like, wow, this like beautiful, glamorous idea of a month in Paris. But when I've been there, it's just like walking next to the Seine river mm -hmm. and just walking. And just like kind of feeling like if I lived here, this maybe this is the like I would walk to work today or I'd go to a coffee shop this way or, you know, I wouldn't be in a rush to go somewhere and just sort of wondering I've, whether it's Paris or Venice, some of the places that are super busy and, you know, people are there. Sometimes they shy away from because they're quote unquote too touristy. I've discovered some really 
beautiful places with like nobody, mm-hmm. you know, in Venice, I think people were like, Oh no, don't go there. It's so busy. It's like, well, we just pretty much got not purposely lost, like really, you know, like well, how we did get lost, like randomly without MapQuest or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> during that time, but just start walking and looking in addition to asking the locals, like where are these restaurants? Because they, they will, those locations will also take you to these like streets that you wouldn't be going to off the tourist path. And then you'll just be like, oh my God, this is a really cool street and kind of start walking around and experience it and come across like markets, like local food markets mm. and things that you just didn't expect. That is my number one thing, just to go wander. Busy city, not a busy city, just walk around. Obviously, do your research. Maybe don't wander around like at 10 o'clock at night by yourself in the dark, (laughs) you know, or do your research like if it's like a big city, maybe like neighborhoods to avoid. Like going to Rome, taking the taxi or the Uber in the morning to get to the Coliseum, but then just walking. Mm-hmm. And like, how can you walk back to your hotel? If it's an hour, could it be a leisurely hour? Can you just walk for 10 minutes and then jump on an Uber or jump, get on a subway, whatever? Mm-hmm. It, that's one of the random things that I've found that I, that I've been doing for a long time. Yeah. I love, I totally forgot about that because, you know, walking and running, like I'm not like a hardcore runner, but I do it for mental health and just to like loosen up when I'm traveling, you know, I'll just set out on runs without a destination. And then I end up just walking because I just want to take it all in and I'm doing what you're saying. And I'm like, oh, I have three hours today. Let's just walk back. Let's just take this side road or let's hop in this tuk tuk and ask them to take me somewhere that they think is cool. Um, That is such a good tip. So thank you. Thank you for that. My last question that I want to ask you about your travel life um, up until now is that do you feel like travel in general, in, in the spirit of this podcast, has made you a more unruly person? Has it made you like a little more wild, a little more like, I'm going to break this rule and that's okay. And I like doing it. Do you feel like it's done that to you at all? I don't know because, and I don't know, I guess, what rules, like traditional rules and life, the things, I guess from that aspect, it's, it is not following the norm because mm-hmm. that was, you know, being first generation, that's what you want to do, right? You got, you want to, my parents worked really hard to be in this country. They worked really hard to give me a better life. So I've got to make sure that I don't let them down, get a really good job, get a, you know, get the house, get the, have a happy family and be very successful. So, I mean, just by breaking out of that mold alone, then that is being an unruly travel, like, I guess being unruly because you're kind of falling out of that. And then the other parts of it would be just those moments where you just hitchhike from Zimbabwe (laughs) to South to, you know, (laughs) from like Victoria Falls to Joburg and just like, you know, I guess it's just kind of like, do you do that? I love how specific that is. Yes. So totally. (laughs) So I guess from that aspect as well, as well, just kind of taking the world and whatever comes with it. And it just, it does go into your like everyday life. I think the things that you learn, it changes who you are as a person. So maybe the, like the way I would have gone to a, a job interview before would have been scared and like, Oh, I'm nervous. And then walking into a job interview after traveling being like, super confident, totally good. Yeah. You know, whatever. And like nailing every job interview after that, because there was a sense of confidence from being this unruly person that broke out of the mold and has now like done 
crazy adventurous things. I don't know if that would kind of fit into that. Oh, I mean, totally. You, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's, that's exactly um, what I was wondering, because it's what I can see in you. And I was just wondering if you identified with that at all, if that made sense to you. And I do want to go back to a little bit when we were talking about being disconnected because you said this year, so for people listening, we're going to talk about Women's Travel Fest a little bit. I love it so much. Um, There's a really old blog post that I made and this video, oh, it's probably really embarrassing now, that I put on YouTube when I went to my first Women's Travel Fest like years ago. I don't know, was that five or six years ago? Um, And it just talks about it and all the, the feelings that I felt. So if you're like, what are they talking about? What is Women's Travel Fest? I'll put the link for that um, blog post in the show notes so you can read up on it a little bit. But, you know, I've been going to this, this will be my fourth time going to this festival, I think this year. And yeah, I'm interested to hear what your plans are for making it feel more disconnected from the noise and the internet and that, and more connected to just like these feelings that we're talking about of loving travel and how it transforms us and, how are you going to promote people like being in a room and really just like actually being there with each other? Very challenging to get people off their phones. No, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it'll be okay. Um, I think I just like to recreate, you know, the, the things that were impactful for me while I was traveling, the things that really took my travels that really maximized them. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, for example, like keeping a journal, you know, just, you know, incorporating like Timothea is going to be um, leading us in journal exercises mm. um, in the beginning of each day and being able to set an intention for the experience. And it could be something is just reflecting upon, you know, it, it could also just be something if it's not a personal reflection, it could also be like reflecting on the journey, you know, but just like old school writing and just, you know, kind of it just that in its own, you know, just like having an old school journal experience and I haven't done it in a while. So um, I've done it in short spurts at retreats and that's so powerful, but I used to journal all the time. I hopefully I still have all my old travel journals with all the secrets that I don't remember anymore, yeah. but <laughs> To have that experience, for example, I will encourage people during the sessions to turn off their phones completely. And um, I think you, if you go to some like parties or weddings that they're like, oh, this is a disconnected wedding sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably kind of encourage people during the sessions to do that and try to take notes in a, in a different way if they wanted to take notes. Um, by participating um, in, we will have like, instead of just like coffee breaks, I want to do like yoga breaks or a meditation break. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I don't do yoga or I don't meditate. However, I've done it because I don't let myself just, like I'm so chaotic in my life. I'd like to get to the point where I give myself permission to Mm -hmm. do these things for myself. So I guess I'm like curating this so I can give myself permission to do all the things I I would like to do. But I don't give myself self the space to do that but when I go to a retreat I do these things Mm -hmm. and they are I find them to be so powerful and you know even though I didn't I don't um, meditate when being traveling traveling and before was it's it was it's very meditative for me for example being on a flight 
knocking on the Wi-Fi. I'm always, like, annoyed that, like, I can get Wi-Fi on any flight. Now I'm like, damn it, I used to disconnect during flights. Yeah. Or, like, the long bus journeys in Guatemala and Vietnam just for, like, a million hours and just staring at the window and daydreaming and not having Wi-Fi. Listening to an so iPod. Yes, listening to music or reading a book, you know, it's just like those moments are so powerful. So how can I bring that, bring those, and not force people to participate in all the different activities, mm-hmm. but allow them the the space for that to have these um, other things. And then the other part, the other really important part for me is travel. I loved, uh, it was um, personal self-connection, but it was also connecting with other people because as a solo traveler, I was never alone and the interactions with other humans, whether local or other travelers were some of the most exciting, fun and life-changing experiences. So we are gonna have um, more interactive experiences during the actual conference, not just after the conference, like as a party or like a speed networking event after the party, we're actually going to be creating um, sort of like maybe speed friending events during the actual conference. So instead in lo- instead of having a speaker session for a traditional speaker session, then we'll be having these opportunities to connect with others and mm-hmm. really build these relationships, especially um, yeah, those are impactful. And then right now, I think it's something that a lot of people crave and either don't have the space for it, don't have the time for it, or, you know, the world's changed in a lot of different ways. And to be able to bring people that you actually vibe with, it's just like you talk to and it's not like talking to people at home. They're like, I don't get what you're saying. Yeah. Everybody in this room is going to get what you're saying. And it's just yeah. like, yes, this is my people. These are my people. I love them. And they're open to learning and I feel like travelers tend to be more open, like proper travelers tend to be more open to learning and growing. So I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm hoping to cultivate that. Yes. I mean, it sounds like you are. It sounds like it's going to be built in within the experience, which is really cool. I think personally, especially for those people, how you were saying with yourself, you like don't give yourself the time for the other people who don't give themselves the time to do that. I think that having that be a part of the experience and then wanting to experience it all as travels like travelers like to do, I think will be really cool. So then we have to get to the big question on why you decided to take on Women's Travel Fest because we have had Kelly on the podcast before. So listeners may have heard the interview with Kelly. If not, you should go back and listen to it. Uh, It's called I Dare You to Tell Her That She Can't. And we just talk about her book and her childhood and her travel experiences but now it's like the baton has been passed and it's in your hands and what was the inspiration behind that for you because this is a big thing to take on yeah I'm the most disorganized person ever (laughs) (laughs) it is like 10 times the biggest thing to take on because it's so not my personality I'm like oh my god (laughs) so it's much more um it's much more challenging like Kelly's like yeah totally chilled made it so easy and I'm like ah I'm losing my mind (laughs) um and I actually was gonna start a podcast a while ago and I did interview Kelly and it was really fun chatting about our travel experiences and chatting with her so I'm sure it's like they should go check out the episode that you did with her as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if the, if your audience hasn't, um, I'm sure it's awesome. But with Women's Travel Fest, so I've been to lots of uh, many conferences during my time. I started blogging in 2012. 
I went to my first conference in 2014. I think it was the second WITS, the second Women in Travel Summit. And that was my first experience sort of in that setting. And it was so cool being able to be in such an empowering um, supportive environment like that was really cool and it really reminded me a lot of being in high school I went to an all-girls um, high school in Los Angeles and that I really kind of felt the the um, I guess like the possibility that exists when you bring together a group and being able to be in a space where maybe you haven't felt the validation or there's unique experiences that you may be um, faced with. And then I went to Kelly's um, to Women's Travel Fest for the first time in 2019 after sort of an evolution of, by, of myself from personal evolution, business evolution, and hearing the conversations. I don't know why it was Women's Travel Fest that kind of really sort of struck a chord inside of me. And I realized that there was sort of a disconnect in the, in maybe what was going like for the, for example, the, a lot of the conversations were that there wasn't enough representation, not enough diversity on so many different levels in the travel industry, that travel was very male oriented, a specific type of male, um, you know, like that was like what you saw when you Mm -hmm. saw traveler and, um, And then I thought to myself, you know, there is a woman out there doing something very big and having a really successful reach in travel. And she's also Latina. So I kind of like it's a woman of color. So and and I thought to myself, I've always kind of kept those sorts of things to myself. And I thought, am I doing a disjustice? Is that the right word Mm -hmm. Um, to others in the in the community or, you know, people that would resonate with these messages and by not really being more vocal? But in but being there in the 2019 thing, I messaged Kelly and I said, I want to talk. I want to share my story, which I was really more private about, especially from us from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really important to be able to tell people, hey, we're out there. Maybe we're not being seen. Maybe we're not like screaming out there like, hey, look, look, I am doing this, but we are out there. So if I could be a role model for people that was really important to me. And um, she, she's like invited me to be the keynote that year. It was a super moment. It was just like a couple of days before COVID went all out. Like, <laughs> you know, like everything went to, to you know, how it, whatever happened. It was just, you know, that time in March. But it was a really big moment. And at that point, everything kind of changed. The want, the, like the desire to try to inspire, lead, and be a role model, model for other women of color, that changed and that year took a toll on a lot of us including me so i just kind of went i shut off social media basically that year and never kind of really went back to the same extent that i was before Mm -hmm. um and still kind of have it so um last year about a year ago i was just like from a business standpoint it was the end of the year and i was looking at business opportunities and and just who how can i support my community um and instead of like paying giving money to other companies like to advertise compass rose travel accessories my, my brand how can i support my my own community and you know offer them like see what they offered and i came across this listing online that there was a conference for sale and i saw the picture of course it didn't say the name of the conference it was very secretive <laughs> on this website and i'm like oh that's Women's Travel Fest. I know that picture. Oh my gosh. Okay. Kelly cannot do this. So 
I like sent her a message. I'm like, Kelly, is this conference for sale? Are you selling them as Travel Fest? She's like, yeah, let me know if it's, you know, like it's time. Let me know if anybody's interested. I'm like, I am. Basically, it was kind of one of those things, just like anything else with travel, where I kind of like had it calculated, but I didn't have it calculated. Just to go with your gut moment. Yeah, it was a go with my gut moment with like with everything I operate. I've always operated that way. And I'm like, this feels right. This is kind of like, wow, this is an opportunity to kind of hopefully be an inspiration for 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 people, you know, kind of be an inspiration and get a chance to cultivate the community and bring people together. And, oh, you know, like really take so many of the boxes of this goal that I had um, a few years before. And in two weeks, literally, it was done. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And it just, it just happened. So, and it was very hard. Like, honestly, like I said, it, I think it was harder than having, like, giving birth. It just really has been, wow. it's, just like, so, it's just so hard for me because it's not my personality. So it's very challenging to produce the event, but I really hope that I can make it, you know, I, I'll never, it'll, I'm not trying to replace or, um, like really kind of like, oh, this is going to be a bigger and better women's travel fest. No, I think I just want an opportunity to make it to kind of bring um, that this, you know, what we're talking about right now, that bring the essence of travel. Because when you ask people, why do you love women's travel fest? What is it about that conference that really like makes you so happy when you're leaving? You feel like, yeah, I'm inspired. I'm so satisfied. Like, I love everybody. I love myself. Yay. Like, what is it about the conference? So I thought, okay, what if we just take that and make it more? I will be speaking there this year, which I'm very excited about. And thank you for giving me the opportunity because uh, I will be speaking about sustainability, which is like what the whole Lost podcast episode was on and what we've talked about a lot on this podcast. But it's going to be distilled into a presentation and hopefully I can uh, get a powerful message through. But, you know... At other conferences and at other, whether it's online or in person, I really haven't seen a lot around sustainability. And when I've seen it, it's been like a lot of, I don't know, not acknowledging that sustainability has been around since the beginning of time, that it's it's not a new concept. Um, it doesn't come in a store. You can't buy your way to sustainability. And I also haven't heard conversations about like some of the biggest offenders to the planet, animal agriculture, um, fast fashion, all these different things that we as travelers, like if we're in the system, we have to participate in to some degree. So I don't know. I feel very hopeful because I feel like you've given me a lot of freedom and creativity to talk about these hard issues with a group of people that I think will be receptive and want to do better, which is like half of it. Um, so I don't know. Why did you why did you give me a chance? Why did you say, yeah, let's welcome this here and let's talk about this when so many other places are like, nope, goodbye. We don't want to talk about this. This is sad. <laughs> I think because you didn't make it sad. Like when we, I think there was a panel at the last Women's Travel Fest, but when we were doing the interviews um, with the speakers, including yourself before the conference it was amazing being able to hear your point of view but also being able to hear it in a way that was very digestible and and very impactful Um, my favorite thing that you said it's it was the quote-unquote as possible as possible (laughs) um as possible um do you want to share a little bit about what that 
what that was. Do you remember saying yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. And you know what? I totally took that from my partner. So I have to credit him because we, oh gosh, we talk about so many things and he's taught me so much about sustainability, like more than I ever thought that I would get into it um, in every aspect of life. And, you know, we've talked about like how we are people who we live off grid. We live in a natural building. We eat plant-based diets. Like he grows a lot of our food. When we travel, we're taking like a big trip. We're staying for a long time and catching local buses, all of these things. But yet at the same time, like I'm talking to you on a MacBook computer. I bought it used, but like I'm still using it and I drive a vehicle and like, so there's no perfect way to do sustainability, especially when we're kind of stuck in this system. Like, trust, I try to get out of this system a lot. You know, we are like very alternative to so many people, but we're still in it. So you have to be honest sometimes with yourself and be like, we're doing as much as possible. We're doing as much as that's as possible for us with what we have within this construct that we're we're living in. And so, yeah, I think... Maybe that's going back to what you said. It didn't sound sad because it's like there are things that you can do and you're never going to be perfect. So just stop worrying about being perfect because it's not going to happen. And I love that. And I think it also is very similar to how you said earlier, like, oh, you like my perspective. You're like, you know, you're not trying to see something perfect. Like you're not pretending to be perfect with packing or travel. Yeah. You know, it's just what we see online a lot with that idea it made me feel like even though I'm not perfect, I'm able now I'm learning about little things and those are just going to multiply, mm-hmm. you know, so versus like I would have never thought I'm like, okay, I can't be perfect. It's overwhelming. I can never incorporate plant-based things into my, into my um, eating habits. But I'm like, I, with, with how you, how you positioned it for me, I'm like, oh, I can, and this is so exciting and it tastes really good. And what else can I do? Like, what else can I replace? Yes. This is awesome. So that's so that's like so that's super exciting, and that's why we were um actually asked you for help at the conference, How, and because at the last conference that you saw me, I was panicking and like literally losing sleep over sustainability, like how unsustainable conferences <laughs> are, and how wonderful they are. And I told the sponsors like no paper marketing materials, we're not accepting just like that. And if you're doing a giveaway, fine, but no like random marketing. Like, yeah. So I just avoided that as much as possible. But you also pointed out that a lot of really the unsustainability comes more so with the food. And that's where the conversation started kind of carried on for this conference. And it turns out that we're having, we're having the conference at the Hyatt in Playa del Carmen. And they apparently have one of the most, like the most accommodating menus for travelers Mm -hmm. as a brand internationally. Like I didn't know that I've never looked, but with that, you were able to, we were, we were able to create, I think what, is like a 70 to 80% plant-based menu. Which is together huge compared to other conferences where there's like a bag of chips and iceberg lettuce. You know what I mean? That's like yeah. exciting. And that's like the fact that you put that much on the menu, I think is amazing. So that's really exciting for me. And I want to thank you for helping me do that. And then in doing so, it, you know, hopefully others will like, like me, could also be like oh wow this food was awesome and the majority of it that I had was was plant-based or you know we were able to experience different things and maybe they will maybe they won't maybe it'll be great maybe it won't be but (laughs) it's again it's just the the introduction like I love that Mm -hmm. like I you would carry on travel like you don't have to be a carry-on traveler if you don't want to but here are the principles 
you have here are the tools should you want to lighten your load should you want to be a more minimalist traveler should you want to pack with less clothing you don't need that much stuff so maybe the same thing with the things that i'm learning you know from you how can you know can i share those little bits and pieces so they become very digestible and I don't know. I just went off like this. No, I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that because it's, it's, it's hard sometimes because my brain is wired, which I, I don't think this is most of the world. Maybe is that like, there's an ethical issue. Oh, bye. Like I'm done. Like I heard that in the dairy industry, like cows are forcibly impregnated and their babies are taken away. Oh, bye. Like, ew. No way. I I don't want to support that. So in my mind, it's like gone. And then I work to like, okay, what tastes good? Oh, this doesn't taste good. It doesn't matter for me because of this ethical issue. And then years later, I find like there's amazing vegan cheese, you know, because when I went vegan, there was nothing, you know, and but for other people, they need I'm realizing and like hearing you talk too. you know, sometimes I assume that other people's brains work like mine and that they process things like I do but it's not true sometimes they need like oh this product is good oh this tasted really good and I like this and now I'm excited about it um and that's how how they work and we can't force like we can't swap you know we can't force anyone to work differently so I like that this is an introduction and you know in my brain whenever it's like a social justice thing I'm like a little bit is never enough, but it's like, sometimes it has to be, especially when you're talking to like a mass audience who who doesn't have all these knowledge points that I have or that you have, or that we're learning about. Like sometimes you're just the first link of the chain and then they'll hear it 10 other times from 10 other people and then they'll change. And, um, so I'm happy to be wherever on that chain that I, that I am for people. Um, and I love that we're giving this opportunity to them to like try these things and also be like, yeah, this is important and it's okay to say it is important because I think the thing with other conferences too is like, no one wants to say that sustainability is important. I've never heard a lot of other people be like, oh, I was stressing out about the paper and the plates and the food, you know, they're like, oh no, this is just something that like, it just is this way because it always have been and we don't have to be stressed about this because this is about travel and not sustainability but you're like keeping it human you know where it's like oh this impacts all of us and how can we connect the two so thank you to you because I think that's like a huge opportunity I wanted to ask you about women's travel fest this is a little more woo woo but if there was one thing if you could magically like everyone who came, this was downloaded into their brain or this feeling was like put into their body. What would that be? What do you want them to receive while they're there and then walk away with? Peace of mind. Um, a peace of mind that only, <clears throat> that I think comes from a place of, discon- of when you disconnect. Mm-hmm. That would be my ultimate goal that someone could walk away and be like, <sighs> just a moment. Is there anything else that you would like to add for listeners, whether it's ways to connect with you or anything else you want to add about Women's Travel Fest? Well, you can um, find out more about Women's Travel Fest and our mission. Um, Our goal is to 
empower travelers and bring them together and like i said trying to disconnect to reconnect with themselves and reconnect with others through travel um the next conference is taking place february 16th through the 19th in 2024 Playa del carmen mexico at the hyatt resort and spa you can find us on womenstravelfest.com or instagram at women's travel fest also if you want to connect with me in my other business travel fashion girl you can find me at travel fashion girl on instagram and on the website as well and i also have a facebook group if you like want to downsize your your um your packing and really want to kind of learn a little bit about traveling with less then you love my group because these the group is pretty hardcore about packing and everything having to do with it. Um, uh, I do. Fashion Girls on Facebook. Yes, oh, I will be joining. I also have a product line. I do have also have Compass Rose travel accessories, and we're launching new products as well next year. I am so glad that you joined me for today's episode. If you want to learn more about the topic that we discussed today, head over to unrulytravel.com. If today's conversation made you laugh or cry or feel seen or inspired in any way, please take just 30 seconds to follow the show and rate and review it wherever you listen to podcasts. Then share this episode with a friend. I'll see you next time. Stay unruly.